Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The 2021 NFL Draft is in the books, but there is still plenty to wager on over at betonline.ag. You've got the NBA, the NHL, Major League Baseball, and oh, by the way, you can still bet on plenty of football-related items, rookie futures, NFL futures, who's going to win the Super Bowl, how many yards are some of these top rookies going to throw for, run for, receive. It's all available to you at betonline.ag. Check it out today. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner, Jake Arians here with you. It is Wednesday, yes, correct. It's Wednesday that it we're is. recording this show. Okay, schedule I, I, release day. Chris. Schedule release day. That I did know. I just didn't know what day it was. And when we are recording the show, we have a little bit of the schedule that's kind of been trickled out via the internet. So we're going to talk about that here on the show today. Uh, we're also going to look at some of the games we're looking forward to overall and some early favorites to win each division. Yes. We are going to put our money where our mouth is. We're going to put, say these things out loud so then I can, in the roast show, bring these things back. So I can and make vigorously backtrack in a yes. month. Yes, absolutely. So uh, you guys want to start with the week one schedule since we know it. It's completely out there. You start there and we can discuss. Why not? Let her fly. Well, Jake, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers open up the season on Thursday night. They host uh, the Dallas Cowboys. That's a ratings bonanza. Uh, it is a ratings bonanza. I think we're the uh, best case scenario for the Bucks from the other teams I've heard. I'm glad it's not the Rams. I'm glad it's not the Bills. I think that would be a fun game to watch. I'd rather have the the the, uh, the big fat win in Week One. Oh, okay. and I think I think the Cowboys present a, a better uh, chance that, of that than the Rams or the Bills. So I'm uh, I'm pretty pleased with that one. It should be a uh, a big night. I hate that there's not like better storylines though. Like honestly, it's uh, there's not really much going on with Dallas and Tampa, but. I'll take it. it. To me, it, it'll be a fun game, particularly if Dak is back because you'll get a lot of offense just because Dallas hasn't been able to stop anybody for like three years now. Um, I was shocked to see this line open at six and a half for Tampa Bay. Um, Were you really? Yeah. Uh, I've never seen so much like public money. Like the, the Bucks should be 10 plus point favorites in this game. Like this. Oh, okay. I you know all the going to be more than that. I, I oh, put it like at six and a half in my head this morning. Oh, like, no, no, no. What well, it well, is, but of course, there's already out. I shouldn't be surprised, I should say, because I know people love to bet on Dallas. It should. It, I don't think it's going to be a one-score game, is what I'm saying to you right now, assuming yeah. that Tampa Bay is healthy going into this game. Uh, they are a far superior team, and they can actually play on one side of the ball called defense, and that's something that Dallas is still not able to do. But you want points on opening night. You want the excitement, and if Dak is back and healthy, he will put up points. Tom Brady's going to put up points. You've got star power everywhere. you got Zeke. you got... Amari Cooper, you've got Chris Godwin, you've got Mike Evans, you've got Antonio Brown, you've got CeeDee Lamb. I mean, you've got a lot of star power yep. in this game offensively. So uh, it's a really good way to kick off things uh, on NBC to start the season. And with fans, uh, it'll be a whole different ceremony this year for the Super Bowl champions than what we saw last season uh, in the heart of the COVID stuff. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And what's the date? What's the date on this? It's uh, Thursday, September 9th. So May, so what are we? Yeah, I don't. This four is months math, away. Not, yeah, okay. Sounds Man, about I can't right. believe. Yeah, four months away. Less, less than four, than four months, months away. Yep. That seems too close. It <laughs> Actually, does. I still need a little bit more of a break. Well, my, my my season rolls on, but four months to the day is when the rest of week one is going to kick off. I'll read you the uh, You'll one. Wonder, by the way, for that game, Chris, I just got it uh, from our friends over at Bet Online. Uh, Fifty-two 
right now is is, is the over under for the game. Give me the over. Uh, I will read over you the Bucks. I will read you the 1 p.m. slate. You can tell me any of the games that there that stand out to you, and then we'll move on to the evening slate, uh, and then Monday night. Philadelphia, Atlanta, Pittsburgh at Buffalo, Minnesota at Cincinnati, San Francisco at Detroit, Arizona at Tennessee, Seattle at Indy, the Chargers at the Washington football team, the Jets at Carolina, and the Jags at Houston is your 1 p.m. Eastern time slate, week one of the regular season. So there are two things. The, the football fan in me jumps out and says Chargers Washington really fun Herbert that offense going up against a a great Ron Rivera led defense in Washington Uh, I'm really excited to kind of see that matchup the storyline in me even though I don't think it's gonna be that exciting of a game is obviously Zach Wilson making his first start against the guy they traded away to take him Sam Darnold making his first start in Carolina that'll be a very interesting game and then uh, the fact that there is a zero percent chance we see any of Jags Texans on red zone. There's like not a chance we see a second of that game on red zone. No, they if just, Trevor Lawrence throws his first touchdown pass, they'll go no, no. to we, it. We, we will see him come onto the field. We will see him make his first pass. They will get around later to the first touchdown, and then we will never see that game again. If Tim Tebow catches it, it will be frontline news everywhere. Let's see, be honest. I know, Jamie, I think you're selling, this game, roster. you're selling this game short. There's no, a lot not. of opportunity for, for Scott to go to this game and be like, Look, there's this a lot of fantasy value in, in this game, mostly on yes. Jacksonville side. But like that, uh, compared to these other games, it's going to be tough to get out there. Although Philly Atlanta could be a disaster too. Give me Pittsburgh at Buffalo. This is a huge AFC game right out of the gate, right? That's a big one right there. Let's see, does Pittsburgh have anything left? Do the Bills pick up where they left off and stay? Josh Allen stays hot. Does he get even better? I like that storyline there. I love what Jamie said with the Chargers. Washington, that one, that one popped out. And then, the, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the next one. There, there's a monster game in the next slate. You want to read off the next ones there, Chris? Yeah, sure. And I'll, I'll start with that monster game. Denver is on the road taking on the uh, the New York Giants. <laughs> no, Chris, <laughs> not, not the one. That you the Drew Locke versus Daniel Jones, the matchup we've been waiting months to see. Uh, the rest of the afternoon slate, Cleveland at Kansas City, Miami at New England, Green Bay at New Orleans, the Denver Giant game that I joked about. And then the Sunday night game uh, is Bears at the Rams. Uh, Jake, I'm assuming you're talking about Browns Chiefs? I am, but then you read off the next couple. I mean, Miami at New England has a ton of fun storylines there and then green bay at new orleans give me some of that saints going down in week one maybe depending on who's playing quarterback for the freaking packers or love versus Taysom hill can't wait yeah exactly uh yeah the Cle- cleveland kansas city i, I wouldn't i mean must see, must must see, see. tv must see tv must see. That, is, I, that is the game of the week I'm, I'm just Absolutely. disappointed. We haven't learned that give me more afternoon games so I have more than four games in afternoon red zone. So I, I, as a fan, I agree with you. As somebody that works on Sundays, I don't because my life is so much easier when there are fewer afternoon games because I can work more during them to get everything ready. For no, I get purposes. it. I understand. <laughs> but, but yes, four I, games during split. afternoon red zone, it's just a letdown after the, the chaos that ensues in the morning. It's true. It's still better than like those two or three game slates we get late in the season that are just those are, those are puff. Ridiculous. We're watching puffs. Hey, I'll throw this out there too. Could the Bears get a worse draw in week one? I don't think they're going to be very Could good. Could the Bears I, I think, get a think, worse draw they, in week one? At the Rams? Yeah, it's going to hurt. Uh, to open SoFi? Yeah. They're just like, oh, they can't get away from Stafford, no matter how hard they try. <laughs> Monday uh, night. That, 
that's gonna be a, that's gonna be an interesting game too. I don't think Field starts that game, but if he does, then obviously there's storylines galore there with him making his first start versus Matthew Stafford. So did I miss the memo? And the answer is probably yes. In which we probably. only have one Monday night game. Uh, you missed the yeah. memo. Yes. Well, yeah. When did that it's, happen? It's what? it's it's because I, I, they just decided not to do double this time. Now Vegas being I'm on Monday night, it, the first the week of the season, isn't a surprise. That's just commonplace at this point. But I where's my where's my double header? That's what I was kind of actually hoping fine for. with it. Only because they always put some crap game as the second Monday night game. They always put something at Denver or something at. You know, it just, it's always some just – I won't make you bleep this out, but, you know, S-word game that they stick out there. They would have put Giants-Denver there. That's what they would have done. They would have done something, yeah. like, ridiculous. I know it's in New York, but they would have, they would have done something weird there. So it's Baltimore uh, at Vegas. Uh, the Death Star, Allegiant Stadium there in Vegas. I believe bottle the first – I believe that? the first time they're going to have crowds. You're going to have full yes. bottle service. Yeah. Yes. So it's going to be club rowdy. in one end zone. Okay. It's yeah. going to be a little rowdy there in Vegas. In Vegas. It should be a good time. Yeah. I hope it's rowdy. It means there's fans there and the Raider Nation actually gets to come in and watch the game. Uh, that one will be interesting, too. I mean, Lamar Jackson might have 500 total yards himself against yeah. what that defense is. I mean, it's better than it was last year, I think. But we have a long way to go before seeing health of that Raiders defense. Uh, I, I, man, I'm going back to Cleveland, Kansas City. I can't get over that being week one at Arrowhead. You know that place will be rocking in full capacity. Uh, I mean, this is... There's some good ones, man. Week one's solid. It, it really is. It re- Sorry to cut you off no, there, Chris, okay. but I mean, Cleveland, Kansas City is marquee. Baltimore, Vegas will be fun because they're both going to put up some points in that game. Vegas at home in prime time can be tough. I remember back to that New Orleans game early in the season last year where they were clearly not the better team than the Saints, but the Saints go down there and struggled. The game where like Jonathan Abram was like mm-hmm. beating up on like camera equipment or whatever because when, when, he was done with, when he's done hitting his own guys in the head when he's flying around he can hit himself knock himself out by hitting other equipment um fun player but boy is he reckless i'll tell you two two other sneaky ones here guys arizona at tennessee on two teams that think they have a chance that one's interesting but seattle at indy in a matchup you don't get to see very often yes so that I was gonna one's really up. interesting too Cardinals Titans is intriguing to me, Chris, because I think those are, if I were to like label that game, if we were to give like a narrative to it, I think those are two teams that everybody thinks are going to make the playoffs that won't. Yes. Specifically on this show, the three of us don't think those two teams. Either one. Very good. And I think, Um, I think Tennessee's defense is heading down a slippery slope that Arizona could light them up in week one. That'll be interesting. And I think it was the thing that stood out to me. And maybe it's because obviously being in Arizona, it's the thing I look at after the jets, but the NFC West is gets an interesting little start here, right? San Francisco draws Detroit, Arizona gets Tennessee, Seattle gets Indy, and then the Rams get to host the Bears. So I look at this, and just on paper, the 49ers and Rams might be in situations to jump out to an early lead in the division after week one, whereas Arizona and Seattle have tougher games, West Coast teams coming east, playing early. We all expect Indy to try to turn things around with Carson Wentz's quarterback. And yes, the three of us don't believe Tennessee are probably going to make the playoffs, but still a talented football team that can give Arizona fit. So that was something that stood out to me when looking at it all kind of laid out here. Yeah, Tennessee's playing in a bad division. But, I mean, Arizona Cadden's been a stop the run in three years. Tannehill's still a beast. If, if Tennessee's offense is healthy in that game, then that could be a fun shootout back and forth where Arizona's scoring quick and their defense is out there for a long time and they're getting ran down their throat. And you got a pretty fun game to watch. Seattle MD, I mean, has a lot on Carson Wentz in week one. Seattle's defense isn't what it used to be. We all know that. 
but can Seattle's offense put up points on that solid indie front seven? Do they want to really try to run it and not let Russ cook? Because that's kind of the game to let Russ cook. And then in the opener, you're, it looks like they're going to have to go that route. Uh, there's some fun matchups, man. This is, this is intriguing week one. I really like this. Yeah, it really uh, is. And, and I know we're going to go division by division here in mm-hmm. a second just to talk about like leaders and we'll go in, into that space. But that that game, Indianapolis has, at least in my expectations, a lot of pressure organizationally. And, and that might just be because of the front office. Because you made the decision. You went into this offseason with a lot of money. Didn't spend any of it for the most part. Make the trade for Carson Wentz coming off of his worst season ever and hoping that that's going to be your answer at quarterback. Like you have a roster that is ready to compete right now and you have a major question mark at left tackle. You have a major question mark at quarterback, which are two positions you don't really want to have major question marks in. And you're playing a damn good team. Like I know Seattle is always a little bit overrated, but that team could – sleepwalk to 10 wins like they just it is what it is for them it's just i don't think they're a super bowl contender but they're going to be a playoff team things could turn south really quickly for that colts team they have the benefit of playing in i think the worst division in football in my estimation and we'll talk about more about them in a second but if carson wentz is as bad as he was last year or anywhere close in the vicinity of as bad as he was last year there's going to be a lot of finger pointing in indianapolis despite how great of a job chris ballard has done with pretty much everything else up to this point so agree wholeheartedly before we get into those early divisions, we, we're kind of getting these breadcrumbs on other games. We know the two London games. We kind of know some sprinkle of games. Anything else that yeah. has stood out to you guys in this leak of information that we've seen so far? Well, uh, to me, there's, these games haven't been leaked for specific dates, but I want to talk about uh, five games that I'm really looking forward to in general, because we know they're going to play. We know where they're mm-hmm. going to play. We just don't know what week they're going to be slotted into yet. Uh, the five games that stood out to me. Uh, one is the obvious one for draft purposes is Jags at Jets. Number one pick versus number two pick. You always want to see that Zach Wilson versus Trevor Lawrence. That'll be a fun game for no other. There'll be no playoff implications in that game, but it'll be fun to kind of watch that go out. Um, Bills at Chiefs rematch of the AFC championship game Two that's still the best teams in the AFC going at it in Arrowhead. Again, marquee, marquee matchup. Uh, Packers at Ravens could be really interesting. These are teams that have only met twice since 2009. They haven't met since 2017. I think they've met twice in the Aaron Rodgers era. Uh, and it was like the la- like when they faced each other, like back in 2013, it was like Eddie Lacy and Ray Rice leading them in rushing for those two teams. Like that's how long it's been for a lot of them met in 2017. Chiefs at Ravens is always fun because I still think the storyline is the Ravens have to get over the boogeyman. And I know regular season doesn't quite count, but you it, uh, getting a win, if they're able to pull off a win over Kansas City, it will at least give them a little bit of confidence if they run into them down the road again, even if it's on the road. Uh, they get them at home here. They can't get blown out by the Chiefs again. They're like, just not they just, built for it. I, I know I love but that matchup. I agree, I but that they, is the worst matchup ever for the Ravens. They just they can't rush the passer, and they didn't do a lot to fix that. No. They got worse. It's not, it's not, yeah, it's not a good, it's not a good recipe when you're playing Mahomes. I don't care how good your secondary is. And then obviously the narrative bowl, which is I'm really looking forward to, which is Bucks and Patriots. Tom Brady going back to New England. Uh, that I mean, storylines go. There's no way that I, I, I said I don't know when that's going to be, but uh, it's one of those ones I cannot wait for. Like that is a must see matchup. I hope it's in prime time. I will find out. 7:45 p.m. Eastern tonight. If you're listening to us on Wednesday, the 12th. I hope it's decent weather. Yes. I hope it's not. Because it is. Late. It is going to be hearing an, all it, this it, Thanksgiving stuff and all that, and maybe Christmas ratings kind of stuff. I hope it's in decent weather. I hope it's early enough in the season that it's like, because you know, I if I had okay over under on Tom throwing for 504 touchdowns, 
I think there's pretty good odds he, he comes close. Like if there's ever a time that Tom was ever going to go check out of every balls run to play. the wall, Giselle, <laughs> find I mean, me everything to put on. on the secret bulletin board. I'm they might not. Yeah. They might not. They might not run the ball. They might be calling runs. And Tom's like, no, we're not. We're not running it. I'm, I'm throwing it 65 times. This is the Tom Brady show TB 12 back at the home of TB 12. And I'm lighting these mofos up. Give me that one. I hope there's decent weather. I will. At the risk of this coming back to buy me, I will take the under on 504 touchdowns. I'll take the under on that. I know. I see the look you're giving me. I'm still taking the under. Okay. It's yeah. a big number. Is that an instant instantaneous without thinking about it? Cause it's doable. The four touchdowns is doable. The 500, I think is where you're going to lose me. So the question is, is how much do they want to continue to throw when Cam Newton's throwing the ball two yards down the field? <laughs> it's Tom Brady on, in True. that game. No, he's I get not it. Playing, he's not playing him again in his career. This I is understand. this is it with the most loaded team ever. So as long as they're not completely banged up going up there. I, I still take the under. The I'll foot does not come. I, I, I'm say, I, I would think about it. I know it's a big number. If I said 420 and four touchdowns, you're closer to convincing me. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see it. I could see it just because I, I, the all, I just won't put anything past Brady. And if that is the ultimate, I got to show everybody. I'm going to show Bill. I'm going to show everybody there. Like I just, I wouldn't put it past him. And by the way, this is kind of a, a weird thing to say, but I, I think it plays into it. You won the Super Bowl last year. There's not the same sort of pressure right now. Like I know you want to win again. But if you're going to have a game, like you don't have to prove anything anymore. Not that Tom Brady ever had to prove anything last year, but he does in that left to prove except in that game. Yeah. And if you want to take your swings, you want people to call yourself, whatever it might be, doesn't matter. Like he's going to go for that game. Like, by I, the way, I, I fully TV. plan on being there. I don't really care when it is. Uh, I, I would expect he, does he get a standing ovation after he beats him by 25? I think half the crowd Man. gives him a walk off. Yeah, standing ovation. It's, it's going to be the weirdest thing. Nah, in the that Boston crowd—they turn so quickly on on players. Not, but they, but they haven't. Not, turned on not Tom. on him, dude. They not haven't turned. He hasn't Tom been Brady. there for them to turn on him yet. We also haven't had fans no, but, in buildings. But you, no. but Chris, you and I know we have seen fan like. There's been a little bit of a, and I hesitate to say this, and they're gonna. This is going to be the one you clip and prove me wrong. But with recent history, there's been a slight ma- uh, maturation of Boston sports fans. To understand How the situation. How hard is this for you to say right now? It, I, I'm choking just trying to get it out. And by the way, they're going to prove me wrong at some point. I cannot wait for this clip to come back to bite me. But you look at Tom Brady's departure. You look at Mookie Betts' departure. They have handled that in a very un-Bostonian-like manner compared to whether they handled other stars leaving and then just completely crapping on them. Those two guys, they've been better. We'll see if that continues. But look, they're, they're going to give Tom. Tom Brady is going to. It will never buy a drink in Boston. Will never buy a drink in Tampa. Will, like, he is going to, or, or whatever Tom Brady does, like whatever bougie water he probably consumes, eighteen cups of a day. Um, he will get cheered. Every he he might not get cheered for the sixty minutes of live action football, but he'll get cheered before and after, and then way after. Like he is. He's given that that franchise and that city everything. Like there's 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 not going to be any concern on my part that he will not get a standing ovation before the game. We'll get cheered in introductions. We'll get cheered running off the field. I don't care if they win by seventy five. They're getting he's getting cheered coming off the field. There's a there is a level of optimism in the Boston sports fan coming out of you that I just don't think I'm I'm ready for. It won't last. Uh, but the I'm last two big stars yeah. they've been okay with. 
I mean, Mookie's a little different because there haven't been crowds. So, like, I, I don't know if I'm willing to give you that one yet. But I think it's – but before when, when Boston sports franchises used to make even financial decisions, they would somehow coax between them and a lot of the, the Boston media, their, like, fans into believing it was the players being greedy or the players' fault. We haven't seen that. I think everybody recognized that the, that the organization was being cheap as hell with Mookie right. Betts. And right. I think everybody realized that the end was coming with Brady and the Patriots. I don't think anybody blames those two players for it, which is a departure from other stars that have left there before. That's the key point, Jamie, the media. The Boston media is a whole other thing, but they all love Tom. Yeah. There's no anti-Tom Boston media right. guys. So even, even they're gonna, it's going to be positive before and after, however that game. Plays. Don't you worry. I'll find the column from some Boston sports somebody. writer who says you got to boo Tom Brady when he don't shows be some up. Dan I'll find the column. Don't like, you worry. I, I know, but like. Barstool doesn't count. Yeah. No, I think J- Jamie, Jamie hit it on the head. Dan Shaughnessy, I know who it's right going to be. Yeah, he'll, he'll I know who it's going to be. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for the Dan Shaughnessy column, but like, it's just, I don't think that's going to be the prevailing thought. Okay. Let's close the show with this, and then actually, we're going to reclose the show. I have a fantasy-related question for you guys because I'm dealing with some trade Chris rumor needs help stuff with, team, Jay, it, so. with my dynasty team. Gonna, so I have a question for you guys. Content. So <laughs> let's give our way too early because we know the week. We just know the week one schedule. Let's give our way too early uh, division favorites. Okay. Well, we know, we know I don't, I don't really care play. about the schedule in some of these. Yeah, we know where they're going to play. We don't know what order they're going to play them in, but we know road and home and so. where everybody's playing. We'll go AFC Shoot. East first. We'll run okay. through the AFC, and then we'll do the NFC East. Uh, uh, this is Buffalo for me, and I don't think it's particularly close. It's still Buffalo for me as well. Um, I it's do think Miami's Buffalo playoff for me, team. but Miami's on their heels. The, yeah. the quarterback yeah. situation in Miami, I need to see it before I'm willing to buy in. True. I don't think they're going to win the division, but I, th- I think they're a playoff team. Like I don't think yes. Buffalo's going to lock this up by the second week of December. Uh, but no. I do think Buffalo is going to win the division. That Miami team's too good everywhere else that as yeah. long as he doesn't lose them a lot of games, they're going to win a lot of close games. If he plays good, I think they're right on their heels. The division that probably gives me the most agita in terms of trying to pick a winner, the AFC North. Uh, I'm going to go Baltimore. Uh, I'm going I think, Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, it's either or for me. Cleveland's also a playoff team. I think they're both uh, – I like Baltimore's schedule too. Like, they're both good. I think they're clearly the the class of like they're in that second tier of the AFC for me. I still think Buffalo and Kansas City are at the very top, but if that second tier includes Cleveland and Baltimore, and I think they're the only two teams in the North that make the playoffs. Yeah, to me, I mean, I think Cleveland's the clear cut third of that group. Let me go back to that playoff game. They didn't play that good in Kansas City. We're hanging around. I just Buffalo, Baltimore can't rush the passer. Cleveland's offensive lines should be better than last year. Jedrick Wills in his second year. They can run it on Baltimore. They did it last year. I, I just and they added pieces to that defense. I don't know. I, I just think Cleveland's significantly better in a lot of positions. Baltimore's solid. They're always going to be good. I agree with that. I think they're right there. But and I think they make the playoffs. I love what Baltimore did in the draft, fixing some of their major needs, specifically on offense with the two receivers they got. I'm going to go with fix J- it this year. I, I know. I, I, I think they're, it's going to be enough to where that they're able to get better offensively. So I'll take Baltimore, but it's close. Like, I think we're talking well, there's a one-game difference. They could be to tied me, and they go to a tiebreaker. Like, this is not – no one's running away with this. If Baker Mayfield plays like he did in the second half of the year, then Cleveland wins this division, and I don't have a lot of hesitation about it. I just want to see it again. Sure. And I want to yeah, see sure. now with Odo Beckham back. No, that The I dynamics buy. of that situation. Like, I just, want to, I just want to see it again. Like, they're both really, really good teams. They're both double-digit win teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you look, if he plays like in the second half of the year, they're going to win that division. So uh, I'm not going to fight anybody on that. Cleveland's really good. The AFC South. Okay. So this division sucks. It's, it, 
I don't think you have a double-digit win team in this division. Wow. So that we're is thinking, my, that is my if that even with an extra game, take, you have an extra even with an game. extra game. I think nine and eight wins this division. Wow. I'm have Ooh. to get used to these seventeen yeah, game schedules now. All this and that. Uh, I'm going to go with the Colts. Um, I think they have an they have a little bit easier of a schedule in my estimation than Tennessee. And while I still have questions about Carson Wentz, that rest of that team is really solid. I don't have questions about Ryan Tannehill, but the rest of that team is very questionable. Uh, they have Tannehill, you have Henry, you have AJ Brown, you have a solid but unspectacular offensive line. You have a disaster of a defense in my estimation. You have no yep. depth at the receiving core. You have no depth at tight end. I think things could be, they can, if they're on and Derrick Henry has a monster game and AJ Brown has monster games, they can beat teams, but I think they're going to struggle and they're going to be a team that's hanging around that like seven to nine win mark. And uh, I don't think they're going to, I think maybe probably eight or nine win mark for them. So I don't think they're going to have enough to get it done. And I don't think they make the playoffs. So I'm going to go with the Colts here, assuming that Carson Wentz is somewhere between the disaster he was last year and the player he was a couple years ago. And it's just a competent starter, a competent low end starting quarterback. I think the Colts can win enough games to win this division. If he's competent, they win 11 games. The rest of this roster is ridiculous. And I'll tell you what they can do. They can run the crap out of it behind one side of that offensive line. They can stop the run. They've been able to for the last three or four years with the front seven, which got better and added some pass rushers. I think Indy is by far the class of this division. The question is Jacksonville and Houston fighting for the first pick again next year, which I think Houston has a monster Houston lead is. I in, think in Jacksonville is going to win one. more games than people think. Like they're not going to be a playoff contender, but I think Jacksonville can win a handful of games here. Like I don't think yeah, Jacksonville is picking the top three. I think three. they'll win five or six. They'll, they'll double their that. win total from last year at a minimum. How about that for you? Big bold take, Chris. Thank you. Maybe Thank in you. September. I will also take Indy, and and this is a weird thing to say, but I, I think the Colts compared to the Titans because I think those are, this is where this conversation ends. The Colts didn't lose as much as the Titans did, and I know they just made a major change at quarterback, but I just think from that basis alone, I trust the Colts roster, I trust the Colts the, the Colts coaching staff just that much more. So I will take uh, the Colts as well. AFC West, this is the Chiefs, and I don't think we really need to discuss much further. Is there anything else that we want to discuss here? Unless no, don't. Aaron Rodgers ends up in Denver. Yeah, now still, we got still picking to the Chiefs to win the division. I am too, but now we got something to talk about. If he ends sure, up Aaron Rodgers in Denver, weapons, that's with a playoff those weapons with Vic Fangio playing defense, that's interesting. And the Chargers on paper. This is the time gotta, of year. It's we got to say it every year. This is it's, it's May. It the Chargers year. are healthy. Let's let's roll. No, Chiefs are winning this paper. division. Yeah, they are. But they are. I do I'm think not. that there's a good conversation, especially uh, there's a good conversation there with the other three teams of one of those other teams I think could sneak into a playoff spot. Like, oh, I absolutely. Think like Denver, if Drew, uh, the problem is, is their quarterback situation sucks, but Denver's got a lot of pieces you like. The Raiders. Uh, Let's just say this. Like, Denver with Teddy is solid. They're not going to beat themselves with, with, Vic, with Vic coaching defense. They're going to be in a lot of games. Yes. Drew Locke is going to turn it over too much. They're going to they're gonna lose too many of those. Chargers with Herbert's a different story than it's Chargers been in a while. Chargers should be a playoff like team. I feel pretty good there. And the Raiders are okay on offense, bad on defense. We'll see, but they'll sneak up and bite somebody. I am not as big on this Chiefs, oh, we've rebuilt the offensive line. It's all like, – last time I checked, one of their five starters was retired, and his backup was retired. Like, I'm not a huge – like we built this offensive line with some massive thing. Yes, it was atrocious in the Super Bowl, but your two stars were out. Yeah, like you guys think this offensive line is that much better? I think Mahomes is still running for his life a lot, depending well, on who they're playing. Here's the context: it's better than the group they walked in 
to tamper with. Correct. It's not better than the group that they, they started last the year with. with. Right, exactly. Or, or so I guess they started last year with. It's, it's, so, it is better than what caused them to lose the Super Bowl or one of the things that caused them to lose the Super Bowl, but it's not good enough or where it was to consider them elite and Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to just be comfortable back there. I tell you what, when they play Denver, it's going to look like they're playing Tampa. The Orlando Brown playing left tackle with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb will run around him like he's standing still. I don't even know who the right tackle is at this point. Schwartz is not back. It ain't going to be pretty. I agree that it is not perfect, but it is a better situation than the way they ended the season. So I think that's why there is optimism there uh, in Kansas. By City. the way, the four most beautiful plays of the Super Bowl were Patrick Mahomes' incompletions. Yes. So I, I'm, I'm still fine with picking them to win the division. Yes. I was yeah. just trying to play a little devil's advocate here. The NFC East, and this is officially a Washington football team yes, podcast. Sir. The yes, Draft Dudes is. is the same way. We are doing it on this podcast as well. This is a Washington football team fan podcast. Yeah, Washington's going to win this division, and I, and I don't think it's going to be all that close. I mean, I have a secret like closet in my office that's the Ryan Fitzmagic fan club <laughs> posters and stuff. So you, wherever he is, I'm, I'm all in. Uh, but they added a lot of pieces of this offense, man. I think by far the most complete team. Yeah, they've just built it the right way. I just love what Ron Rivera has done in the short time that he's been there in terms of building uh, this team. Yeah, they got to figure out the long-term quarterback situation, but hey, they made the playoffs last year. They upgraded a quarterback. They've made moves to bolster the offense. They're going to be fun to watch on a weekly basis. Here's here's a question. Who's the second best team in this division? The Giants. The second? Oh, it's I was thinking the the same. Come on, don't be disrespectful. Dallas? Dallas has zero defense. I know, defense I, I know, but the Giants, like Daniel Jones can't beat anybody. I understand, but look at what the Cowboys were even with Dak last year playing out of his mind. Like this is not, it, the Cowboys have, they don't have a bad defense. They have an abhorrent defense. Like you can't be that bad. The Giants on their defense alone and the running I mean, game with Saquon coming back will be okay. will be able enough to squeak out. Again, we're talking we're talking three other teams with losing records. No, but, but Chris, this, if you make a Dan Quinn argument, I'm slapping you. No, no, I'm just I, and this is not a this is not a great statistic to use here. I understand the argument That's that I'm about to make. This. But the point differential between these two teams was one point. The Giants okay. were a minus 77, the Cowboys were a minus 78. So it's not like the Giants okay. have this just incredibly better defense. No, but the Giants added pieces, and that defense played really well last year. They were tough. As bad as their offense was with no Saquon, the Giants got significantly better. I'm not going to stand for this disrespect of what the Dallas Cowboys can do on offense. You and I should do this right now, okay? Uh, We'll do a mighty swell bet. Okay. Since they're, 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 they're they're our sponsor on our show. I'll take the Giants with a better record. You take the Cowboys with a better record this year. Done and done. Done and done. Done and done. We'll revisit this later. I, so we're all so Philly is dead last in the division. Yeah, yes. no, I'm, I'm so out on that team. Yeah, aside, aside from quarterback not. questions and wide receiver questions and defensive questions, they're they're really and, and, co- and coaching questions. And coaching they're great. questions, that's yeah, great. And offensive line questions, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing to see. So here. aside from all of that, they're in great shape. Uh, the NFC North. We are we are answering this question under the assumption that Aaron Rodgers is a starting quarterback in Green Bay. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming. Uh, the Packers. Uh, I'm assuming Aaron Rodgers. Run away. But yeah, yeah like. If he if they don't, it gets interesting because there's a lot of greatness in that division. Minnesota, um, I think Minnesota's the favorite. If Aaron I like the way Minnesota play. finished Maybe. the year, right? Like that gives you a lot of confidence. I still have concerns can... on that defense. And I, I mean, they, they added pieces. They did, but I, I think then you're talking about Minnesota and Chicago as like two eight nine ish teams that are like hanging out in that spot. Do you think Chicago uh, gets eight wins? I think so. I think they get. To, I think they can be an eight nine team. They can, yeah. But that's that it. Like, 
That's with the rook playing. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I don't. Well, that's think, with the rook I don't think Justin point. Fields starts Week One. Like, no, I, I think, think Andy Dalton, Dalton takes the one. field against the Rams on Sunday Night Football. I think they, I think Dalton probably oh, starts sure. a handful of games, yeah. and he'll be fine. Like I don't think Dalton's going to get benched because it's Dalton. I just think Dalton's going to get benched because the coaching staff's going to get the pressure to bench Andy Dalton. I think this defense is is inching over a cliff that they might fall off. That Could they be. haven't been off corners in a are, long, long, long. Corners time. are scary. I will say that the cornerback room is scary. And not in a good way. The NFC South. They, this ain't Vic Fangio and Chuck Pagano. Nope. I'm, I'm going to leave you with that. The NFC South. We're all taking the Bucks here. I don't yeah. I don't think there really needs to be much of a conversation. No, Jake's taking the Saints, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Taking, he's got the Panthers. Changing, changing of the guard. I think the Saints will still be good. But, I, I mean, I just – there's just – the Bucks are – they're so, just loaded. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll ask the question this way, right? The 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 division finished last year, Saints, Bucks, Panthers, Falcons, with the Saints and Bucks having double-digit wins and the Panthers being in third with five wins. Is the bottom of this division closer to the top this year? Because I think it is. Yeah, I think the Falcons yeah. could be interesting. Uh, I don't know that they get to eight wins, but I think Carolina's right in their heels with probably six or seven. I don't know if Carolina's marketably better from a win total, but I love what they're doing. In a couple of years from now, I think they're going to be really, really solid. And Atlanta has enough firepower to beat a bunch of mediocre teams. Yeah, and, and that's probably the classic case where maybe their final records don't indicate it, but they're teams that are not easy wins. Yes. Like w- w- when we're going over week by week in the schedules on Friday and we're going to see them on the schedule and go, like they shouldn't beat this team, but maybe right. they'll cover. Like, like we're going to have a lot of those conversations with those teams, even if their final records don't end up being much better than they were the last couple of years. All right, the division I'm most excited to talk about, the NFC West. Rams. Rams. No, oh, it's not the Rams for me. San Francisco. Why is it, why I'm going is it all this? in on San Francisco. Really? Okay. Yep. I can do it depending on the quarterback play, I, man. I can buy, I can buy them making a massive bounce back. I've said I, that I, I can't, I can't disagree other than to Matt Stafford in that offense. I don't think the Rams defense is as good as it was last year. I, I think there's, they've lost a couple pieces. I think there's something to Staley leaving, but man, you added Matthew Stafford. That's the thing for me. Like, uh, yeah, you lost John Johnson, which is a big loss. But and you lost Brandon Staley on the defensive side. But I look at that defense; and it's still going to be really good, even if it wasn't as elite as it was last year. They fixed the biggest Achilles heel on their team, which was the quarterback being able to basically get you exactly to a little bit less what you schemed up for. And now you bring in a big quarterback upgrade in Matthew. That was Stafford. well described, James. That <laughs> like that may be the best description of a quarterback play I've ever heard. So like that, that now you bring in Matthew Stafford, you open up this offense, you found a running game with Cam Akers. You can now, they have the pieces there to finally run for the first time in a couple years, what Sean McVay really wants to do. And even when he did it in the Super Bowl year, he had to do it with Jared Goff. Now he's got his guy. He's got a quarterback that has been executing at a high level. Uh, the, even the last few years, despite the injuries, I think they're going to have enough to get the job done because I still like their defense more than like Seattle's defense or Arizona's defense. Um, I like you know, the Rams firepower. If they're in a, if they're in a game against the Niners, I, they just have more firepower to get it done. But yeah. the Niners healthy. Yeah. Are, are interesting. Like they're, 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 freaking, are two, they're freaking scary. Who finishes two, last? The Cardinals. I think it's Arizona. And, and I, and I don't think they have a horrible record. I just think it's, I think this is another year where we're, everybody is going to win seven minimum, like seven to 11 wins is, is the, the top to the bottom of this division type of a thing and they're all competitive and everybody's like yeah. three and three or four and two in the division type of a thing. Like I can see that. And I fully understand that my pick of San Francisco is betting on two things. It's betting on the health of this team 
bouncing back from what it was a year ago. And it's a bet on Trey Lance is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. And in year one, Trey Lance gives the 49ers more than they got with Garoppolo. I understand where I... Wait, wait, your entire argument is that Trey Lance is their quarterback and they're going to win the division? Yes. Zero chance. I will bet you 100 cases of Mighty Swell. I'll bet you a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle 20. Wow. That they're not better with Trey Lance than they're winning the division with Trey Lance as a quarterback. I love the kid. He ain't ready to play right now. Like, they don't... Jimmy G and a healthy team scares me as a chance to make a run at the NFC oh, Championship. See, this, I'm all in on the Trey Lance and NFC, San Francisco NFC bandwagon. champions? No, zero chance. Not in this year. In this the is, future, I love it. This is going right to be now, fun then. Got to figure out how we get a bad out of that. Yeah, we got, I, I'm, not, I'm not taking There's any, too many variables there. We got to figure that out. Yeah, but what, Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm all in on, on San Francisco and Trey Lance. Now, do I think he's the starter week one? No. no, like I, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is still the starter week one, but I think at some point this gets past the Trey Lance and in this system with this coaching staff, I think they can thrive because they have the recipe that you need to have a rookie quarterback succeed. They can play defense and they can run the football. So I, I just, I, I believe, right. And, and I totally, Jake, what you're saying isn't that far fetched. Like I completely understand how Trey Lance can struggle. And I'm looking at a team that finishes eight and nine. Like I wouldn't be shocked. But I just believe in the in the fit that they have there in Trey Lance with San Francisco. On the rookie quarterback point, I think we have two rookie quarterbacks starting week one, and that's it. And we'll, we'll see how the hype goes. We'll see how injuries Trevor Lance happen. and Zach Wilson. Yeah, it's Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson. I don't think any other rookie quarterbacks make the week one start for their teams. I would agree. Agreed. I would agree with that. Uh, okay, so can I ask my fantasy-related question? Sure, why not? This show is all about you, Chris. I am in a 12-team dynasty PPR league, and we are uh, doing our rookie draft here coming up. And I don't have a first-round pick. And I'm getting a lot of offers for my two running backs, Alvin Kamara and DeAndre Swift. I need to figure out what to do because I need a first-round pick. I need to get one of these rookie playmakers to be able to add to my team. And the offers that I'm getting, I don't know if I'm getting good value, and I don't know which of the two guys I should want to move more. So, Jamie, please, I'll go to you first. Help me here. Okay, so I know you're hell-bent on moving DeAndre Swift because you're- I just hate the situation. Absolutely cannot stand Um, the situation that he's in. Look, you know how much I love Jamal Williams. I still think DeAndre Swift's going to be incredibly productive. Um, I actually already done my projection for him. I will not reveal that yet, uh, but it is still very solid. I think you'd be happy with it. But um, to me, it's if you have- you're also kind of held on to moving Kamara, and I get it. There's some uncertainty there of what it's going to look like in the post-Breeze era. Do you get more of the production that he had with the Teddy Bridgewater? Do you get the production he had with Taysom Hill last year? Uh, but to me, it's, you know, you have to kind of send out some of these offers to kind of figure out what fair value is mm-hmm. that, you've, that you've, you've been getting here. Uh, the, what we talked about on the pre-show is you were trying to get the number one overall pick in the rookie draft. Well, it, kind of. I'm trying to end up somehow with three first-round picks, in fairness. Well, that was what I galaxy-brained for you. Oh, then you got, like, the worst offer ever respond, sent back to you, so then I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. But, yeah, I mean, if you you have the ability to get – a first round pick plus for a DeAndre Swift and depending on where it is in the first round. I mean, if it's a late first round pick, if it's an early one, you're not going to get plus, but uh, I'm curious to see, like, give us an example, give the listeners an example of one of the offers you got uh, that you're pondering right now. Uh, so I, let me pull it up here. Cause I actually slacked you them all. That was going to be my question. I was like, what pick are we talking about? So I got offered today and this was an upgrade from the previous offer. Deontay Johnson, Kenyon Drake, and the first pick in the second round for DeAndre Swift. Now, again, mind you, I do not have a first-round pick. I have three second-round picks in the rookie draft. So you can keep what you can keep as many guys as you want. You keep whoever you want. This is going to be a rookie and whoever gets thrown back draft. So the top, the, the top like eight picks are the commodities that you want. 
Yeah, that doesn't really do a whole lot for me. No, no and again, not. that was an upgrade from the offer that I got yesterday, which was uh, Kareem Hunt and a third for DeAndre Swift. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's uh, Deontay Johnson is interesting. Yes, I like him. He's the he's the best piece of that. But I think you're looking at that trade as Deontay Johnson, a backup running back, and then you're in the Rashad Bateman, Kadarius Tony-ish type of range with that draft pick, which again, I just I don't think that's fair value for a guy that I think is clearly going to be a top 20 running back for the foreseeable future. I have an offer that I'm, yeah. I'm about to hit send on that I want to run by okay. you guys. And and, and hopefully this I, – I, I'm not trying to make this all about me. Hopefully this exercise helps people who are in Dynasty League trying to figure this stuff out. Whatever helps you. Hopefully. Tonight, I am, I've sent out an offer. I'm about to send out an offer for, uh, for, the, for two picks in the first round, the third pick and the 11th pick in the first round. Okay. okay? And I'm giving up Kamara, two of my seconds, and a third. Do we think, do we think they, they go for it? I, I think need to they'll add send you a counter. Oh, so this is enough to entice, is what you're yeah. saying. Yeah, it, it would be I, to I, me. That would be intriguing. Yes, because that, that one would be intriguing. Because look, I, I, assuming that they're still high on Kamara, you're still talking about a guy that's going even in redraft. When did we like? I'm trying to look at my thing. When did we top take five. Kamara in our dynasty redraft? Our Fifth, dynasty six? draft? He was top, in the top, top five. five. Yeah. yeah. So that's still a top five pick overall that you're trading essentially for. Um, a Travis Etienne, let's say, or maybe a Najee Harris. And then you're talking about a, so you're saying Najee Harris, uh, Rashad Bateman, and you know what I mean? Like, so that, that's what those two first round picks would end up being. Yeah. Um, so I think like there's no, assuming that person is trying to win in the near future, I would be surprised they don't take it. I do know people tend to put extra value on those draft picks even yes. more than they should. And those draft picks are never more valuable than they are before a player is taken. And then in my justification is the, the two You're not trying to win now. The, well, I'm not trying to win now, but the two seconds I'm like, if I had to explain the trade to the person of what my thought process was Kamara for, th for three overall, I think is fair value, right? For in a rookie redraft, I think that's fair. And then for the 11th overall pick, I'm, I'm asking that person to drop down six or seven spots. They're gaining two seconds and a third. Yeah, because I, I do think Kamara is probably worth a little bit more than three. Right. So when you, break, when you break it down like that, that's that's pretty solid. So I that's mean, my approach we... when putting the trade together. Now, will the will the person at the other end of the trade see it that way? Probably not. But that's, I mean, that's, there's, that's, there's that's no comparison to Najee Harris and ETN in year one. It'd be interesting for Dynasty where that would be later on. I mean, Najee Harris has zero competition to right. be the number one yeah. dude on all three downs in Pittsburgh. So that'll that'll be interesting. And again, this goes back to if you listen to our mock draft show talking about the strategies of you know what you know knowing if you're trying to win now or win later, you're not as worried that you're taking a hit in year one because you're not trying to win in year. I'm one. I'm not trying to now win. You're this trying season, to project no. 2023, 2024. Right. Which players would you rather have on your roster? And in that case, it's much closer. Or at least right. we think it's much closer with the information we have now. Mm -hmm. And I'm trying to do so without um, going into my 2022 draft capital. Because yeah. I can trade those picks. They are available yes, to me should, to trade. You shouldn't as a team that's rebuilding right. unless I'm trying to somebody hold on to those picks. something nuts. So. And by the way, I don't think there is a – like. I think right now in a single quarterback league, if I were to do a dynasty or just a rookie draft, that my first pick would be Jamar Chase. But I still don't think there is an elite like you have to get a, you know, a Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott coming out, a, a player like that, we're like, I have to trade everything I have to make sure I get this one player on my roster. I don't right. think that exists this year. There are good players, but I don't now think there Pittsburgh's are. Now the offensive line. Yeah. 
So that is uh, that's where I'm at. I've sent the trade in on, on Kamara. Maybe I'll update you guys here on the pod. My 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 pursuit of of multiple first round picks. Uh, anything else before we get out of here, gentlemen? Here on a Wednesday. Give no? me the rest of the schedule release. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's coming in one, time. Man. That's coming in time. That's coming in time later it. on today. We will react to it uh, in the future. Uh, Jamie, where can everybody follow you on social media? You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter at Jamie Eisner TDN on Instagram. Jake, for you. Arians NFL on Instagram and Jake B. Arians on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio, S-C-H-U Radio. Make sure you follow the show on Twitter at TDN Fantasy and thedraftnetwork.com under the fantasy tab of the fantasy-related content, including Jamie's uh, rankings of all the players. Projections, Jamie, where are we at? How? What's the percentage number? So I'm through 15 teams right now. Okay, so that's uh, of guys half. That's so I, I, don't, I can't tease a, a release date yet. Uh, okay. I know when I think I'm going to be done, but then there's going to obviously be some marketing around it, and then we got to make it look nice on the site and all that other fun stuff. So I don't know when that will be out. Um, it will not be out in the month of May, uh, but I would imagine sometime in very early June, you will see all of those will be available. Perfect. I will keep everybody posted on that. And then we will obviously do a show breakdown of the Eisner oh, board yeah. and discuss those projections here on the show. That's going to do it for us this week. Everybody have a great rest of your week. We will talk to you on Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.